Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. This is episode 100, guys, so we will talk about the biggest basketball story off the court, and that is Brittany Griner coming back home to the U.S. So we break it all down, we give you the timeline, my assessment, and all things good. So just sit back, relax. And enjoy the show. One hundredth episode of All Things Basketball with GD. So it's been a hundred episodes so far. The ride has been great. It's just been very good. And I'm surprised I went this long, but you know, when when you got a plan, you got an idea, you might as well go with it, right? So, so this is episode 100, folks. So, I was thinking of what to do it on, being that it's the 100th episode. So, I decided we'll cover probably the most important issue, basketball-related, that happened last week. And it didn't happen on the court, guys. It actually happened in a country called Russia. And the person, Brittany Griner, she has been released from her detention, well, imprisonment in Russia. And she is now coming home. So let us discuss the timeline. Uh, First, let's draw out who Brittany Griner is. She is a basketball player. She plays for the WNBA. She also plays overseas. Uh, She is a black woman who's LGBTQ part of that community. So um, she was over there. Well, let me just uh, lay out the timeline. So so Let's talk about February 17th. February 17th, uh, Brittany Griner, she was detained in Russia as um, as she was about to, the war was about to begin between uh, Russia and Ukraine. So she ended up being detained um, on February 17th. The charges were possessing cannabis oil in her luggage uh, in their terms they called called it her smuggling narcotic drugs into Russia so what was she doing in Russia Brittany Griner happens to play for a uh, team in Russia um, that's what most WNBA players do because you know the salaries being what they are in the WNBA uh, it doesn't really compensate, you know, uh, it doesn't compensate all that much. So, so what they do, they go overseas. There's a demand for their play overseas. So, you know, they go to different countries. Some go to uh, Italy. Some go to Spain. Some go, you know, somewhere abroad. And it just so happens she goes to Russia. 
and she's part of a team that she's been with uh, quite a few years, actually, over there. So, um, yeah, so her reason for being there, she's a player for the UMMC Ekaterinburg team in the Premier League and also in the uh, FIBA, uh, the FIBA Euro League uh, for women. Uh, so she was going over there to join her teammates and go play. So, um, although a warning was given in that regard, um, in fact, um, her trip to Russia was made after the U.S. issued a do not travel advisory to uh, to Russia. They did that in January 23rd. So I guess she thought she can get over there still and do what she got to do and she'll be okay. Um, not so much. And Russia, in fact, issued its own advisory for U.S. citizens to depart ASAP as of February 28th. So, um, so this happened about a little more than a week before the, their advisory happened a week before the, um, the incident with Brittany Griner occurred. So let's talk about the amount of drugs. I'm using air quote when I say drugs. Um, was found on her. It was two cartridges containing 0.252 um, and 0.45 grams of hashish oil. And that equals 0.702 grams. So it's not even a full gram, but that's what she was caught with. So uh, to put it this into context, um, Audrey Lorber, a 19-year-old at the time, Staten Island girl, was caught with, um, back, this was back in 19, not 19, 2019. She was caught smuggling 19 grams of weed. And what ended up happening to her, she served two months in prison. And paid a fine of 15,000 rubles, which is the equivalent of $375 American money. So, um, so that was, and she had the weed on her while she was on vacation. So, just to put it into context, what the ridiculous treatment that Brittany Griner got, so... And again, her reason for being there is being with the team. So this is February 17th. And then in March 5th, that's when the actual news of Brittany Griner's detainment became public. So it became a national thing here as well as international, you know, all over the place. So two days after that, March 7th, Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle, speaks out publicly via Instagram and this is what she said on Instagram we love you babe people say stay busy yet there is 
There's not a task in this world that could keep any of us from wondering if you are safe. My heart, our hearts, are all skipping beats every day that goes by without hearing from you. I miss your voice. I miss your presence. Your presence. You are our person. There are no words to express this pain. I'm hurting. We're hurting. We await the day to love on you as a family. And that's what Sherelle wrote. Sherelle Griner wrote on Instagram. So, uh, Then there's March 8th. The first picture of Brittany as a detainee appears on TV in Russia. Um, in the picture, I mean, the picture is her holding up a sign with her name on it. So, um, this is to show that she was, in fact, in custody um, in Russia, you know, being detained. Then Congress begins working towards getting her released. A um, couple of congressmen working on it. Uh, both from Texas, Sheila Jackson Lee and Colin Allred. And because they are uh, part of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, they're members of that committee, so they begin starting to work in that regard. So Then comes March 17th. Brittany's detention extended two more months until May 19th. And... Also, Brittany is seen walking into court with fe two fe female officers at the time to um, when they announced the extension of her stay. So now we move on to March 23rd. Brittany Griner meets with an official from the U.S. consulate. And that person was. Well, this is what he said. Uh, this is U.S. State Department's Department spokesperson uh, Ned Price said she's doing as well as can be expected, given the circumstances, of course. Reported that uh, Brittany Griner was meeting with her legal team at least a few times a week as well. Obviously, to set up a defense and so forth and all those sort of things. It was... Uh, Russian lawyers that she was working with. Then we fast forward to May 13th. Brittany Griner's detention extended again while she awaits her trial. And meanwhile, the U.S. State Department determines that her detention, um, they deemed it as wrongful. So... And with that said, the attention moved from the U.S. State Department. Now it moves into the office of the Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. And then also, Anthony Blinken, he gets on the case as well in that regard. Then we move a month later, June 15th. Britney's detainment ex extended for a third time through July 2nd. And a request, and while during that time, a request of a, 
the investigation into these allegations against her, that's when it begins. So, court date is set for July 1st, according to the New York Times. So, New York Times uh, got wind of the date of the court trial. Athletes all over expressing love and concern, uh, whether it be LeBron, James, Steph Curry, Sue Bird, and also Megan Rapinoe also uh, expressing concern about her. The House passes a bipartisan resolution calling for Britney's release. We need to be doing all we can to keep Britney's case on the forefront and finally put an end to this nightmare. And this is a quote actually from Sherelle Griner. She, um, this is uh, what she uh, quotes after the uh, House passes this bipartisan resolution. So, And also the WNBA, the league in which she plays here in the U.S., uh, they named Brittany Griner as an honorary starter for the All-Star Game that takes place on July 10th. So uh, the NBA, WNBA rather, keeping her her uh of course on the forefronts of all of our minds as well as you know the league and the you know the fans of that league then we move to july 1st and july 1st as i just mentioned that's when the trial starts so um so the britney trial gets underway the charges of the charges again of moving a significant amount of cannabis oil. Again, let me remind you all that it was point point seven oh two grams. So not even a full gram once again, that's what we're talking about. Not even a full gram of hashish oil. So the prosecutors bring in custom agents who discovered the oil in her luggage. So they are the first people, you know, the prosecutor presents his case first. And then once prosecution rests, then the defense uh, bring forth their their case. So um, the way it works here, it works also that way in Russia, oddly enough. So for what it's worth. Okay, so we move on to July 4th. July 4th. We have excerpts from Brittany Griner's note to President Biden. Um, and yeah, this was a pretty telling note here. So, the note said, I'm terrified. I might be here forever. I realize you are dealing with so much, but please don't forget about me and the other detainees. Even in the midst of her troubles and trials and tribulations, she's thinking of others around her. Uh, that's pretty uh, selfless of her. But nonetheless, please do all you can to bring us home. I voted for the first time in 2020, and I voted for you. I believe in you. I still have so much good to do with my freedom that you can help restore. I miss my wife. I miss my family. I miss my teammates. 
it kills me to know that that they are suffering so much right now I am grateful for whatever you can do at this moment to get me home so that was her note to President uh, Joe Biden Brittany Griner's wife expressed her feelings about Brittany's vulnerability and zero trust in the government's ability to get Brittany home. So now, you know, um, Sherelle is stressing over the situation as well once that note came out. Obviously, of course, she's going to act and react to that. So, But President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris in a call reassured Sherelle that they are working towards getting Brittany released. And then Joe, President Biden wrote a letter back to Brittany Griner to put her mind at ease. So, uh, so it's an exchange of letters, if you will. So, um, then we have July 7th. Brittany Griner pleads guilty to the charges according to her legal team on the second day of the trial. Supposedly, this was Brittany's idea, although... I'm pretty sure her legal team said, um, if you go ahead and plead guilty, maybe they'll lessen the, the charges being that, you know, you want to be accountable. So, uh, so this is what, uh, Brittany says, I like to plead guilty, your honor, but there was no intent. I did not want to break the law. I like to give my testimony later. I need time to prepare. So. And then uh, Brittany's legal team, they make a statement saying that Brittany is, sets the example of being brave. She decided to take full responsibility for her actions as she knows that she is a role model for many. So, again, they're saying that it was Brittany that wanted to come out and take responsibility for what is going on. So. And then meanwhile, back in the states here in Arizona, uh, Sherelle Griner and Brittany's teammates with the Phoenix Mercury, they hold a Bring Brittany Griner Home rally in front of the, uh, the Mercury's arena there in Arizona. So, so they're being proactive and getting it out that, you know, uh, they would like for Brittany to come home. So now we move to uh, the 10th of July. In this, and this is during the All Star game, uh, the WNBA All Star game. In the second half of the game in Chicago, both teams wore Brittany Griner jerseys in tribute to their fellow player. So in that game, everybody wore 42 jersey with Brittany Griner's name on it. So, in a show of solidarity towards their uh, fellow ball player. And also, there was t-shirts uh, that was worn during the warm-ups uh, honoring Brittany Griner as well. Also, in the day prior, they had a skills competition. And even there, they were uh, wearing... Brittany Griner shirts again to put her 
to the forefront and let it be known that she's in their thoughts and prayers and so forth and you know for no one to forget what's going on with her overseas there so so uh the WNBA oh as always being proactive when it comes to these sort of things so July 14th on the trial's third day Brittany Griner's uh Russian teammates and the team doctor testifies on her behalf so now we have the defense um going to work here so they bring in her teammates and her team doctor also the team director he talked of Brittany's outstanding ability as a player and personal contributions to the strengthening of the team spirit so so there you have um her teammates and so forth uh showing up and standing up standing up for her so uh kudos to them then we have july 15th the next day Brittany griner's legal team submitted a note from her doctor recommending that she uses the cannabis um the cannabis that she had was found on her uh, it's for medicinal purposes for in fact for pain treatment so um so basically laying out that there's a medical reason for her having this so and also gave the judge her anti-doping test results which showed no illegal substance in her system so again showing that the fact that this cannabis oil is actually legal in terms of uh international play so it doesn't interfere with that so um as far as anti-doping she's clean see so nothing to hinder her from playing ball so which you know um it's pretty important um evidence there but nonetheless let us continue july 20th a narcology expert was brought in to testify about medical cannabis being a popular treatment for athletes so again the her defense team bringing in the expert to uh, relay to the judge that what she had there is for medical reasons so then the, her legal team reiterates Brittany's use of the oil is not for recreational use rather for pain treatment so and then a video of Brittany Griner surfaces uh, of her being in a cage while while in court so while the court proceedings is going on she's there but they have her in a cage you know uh, the inhumanity of it all so and then you have July 27th Brittany Griner speaks in court and told the court that uh, she wasn't read her rights and that her translator, um, the translator that was offered to her, was pretty much inadequate. For example, he saw a stack of papers, quickly glanced at them, and basically told her she's guilty. So, and then also, too, when she was initially brought in, um, her rights, you know, 
but the charges against her weren't fully explained to her through the translator. So uh, basically, things got lost in translation in that regard. So, and then again, Brit Brittany uh, mentions that she had no intention of breaking the law and didn't know how the oil got into her bag. So, um, so again, she uses the oil. She didn't realize how it got in, so on and so forth in that regard. And then President Biden's first offer to Russia uh, Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan, I'll talk about him later. Uh, coming home in exchange for the convicted arms dealer, Victor Bout, who was serving a 25-year conviction for tra uh, arms trafficking. So, um, he's being held here. He's already done 12 years here so far. So, uh and this offer that pres the president made actually flies against the State Department's stance of trading prisoners. So, um, so Joe Biden just uh, ignoring the stance of the State Department in efforts to get Brittany Griner home. So efforts are being made here. So further discussions with Foreign Minister Sergei. Lavrov, uh, those get underway. So, so here we are in late July. They're trying to work something out to get her back here. So, and then a week later, a week later, uh, the ruling comes down, and Brittany Griner is sentenced to nine years on those charges of uh, smuggling narcotic drugs which was just shy of the 10-year maximum uh, charge that you can get for such such a crime so I'm sure the nine year was the in their eyes sort of a mulligan if you will but nonetheless still harsh charges for such a minuscule amount of can hashish oil uh, Britney's legal team called the verdict absolutely unreasonable and said they will file an appeal, which they did. The sentence came down one hour after closing arguments. So pretty much the judge's mind was pretty much made up. So, um, yeah, so uh, what can you do in that regard? Brittany Griner, in an emotional speech to the court, reiterated her stance of inadvertently carrying the oil in her luggage and asked for leniency. Um, much to no avail, unfortunately. Uh, President Biden called the ruling unacceptable. Uh, yeah, so he, he was pretty ticked off, the president was, at uh, the ruling that came down. Then we have August 15th. Brittany's legal team begins the appeal process for, for her nine-year sentence. Although they had no idea it'll be successful, but they had to try is what they said. We need to use every legal opportunity that we have 
and appeal is one of those opportunities. So, uh, so Brittany's uh, team of lawyers still working to get a result for her, nonetheless. So, then we fast forward to um, to October twenty fifth. Brittany Griner's appeal denied denied before a three judge appeal panel so everybody mind is pretty much made up you know the fact that she's being held as a bargaining chip so of course those uh, the appeal judges aren't going to play ball so so the appeal proceedings did include Brittany Griner on video once again pleading her cause to no avail so then we get to, and I think this is the critical date here, uh, November 17th. November 17th, uh, Brittany Griner is moved to a penal con uh, colony. Sorry. Uh, it's the IK-2 female colony that's in Yavis which is about 270 miles from Moscow. So it's about roughly about seven hours from Moscow. So, and this is a Soviet gulag system that's been in place since 1931. And that's known for their brutish abuse of its prisoners, as well as slave conditions and lack of food or medical care. Inmates there have zero rights and guards act act there without any accountability for their actions. Um, from the research I saw, uh, inmates are forced to work from sunup till the wee hours of the next morning. So, uh, so they they uh, work <laughs> the old saying. Working your fingers to the bone, uh, yeah, they they believe in that. So, uh, they're they're regulated again. I'm using air quotes here by the Russian Public Monitoring Monitoring Commission, who makes routine visits. You know, they make visits to see if the prisoners' human rights are being violated, but they pretty much explain away. The behavior that goes on there so they're supposedly there in the capacity of uh, looking into human rights but they don't exactly get things done in that regard so so it's pretty much a horse and pony show so um, in that regard and, I, and again I think this is the critical day because they see that she's going to this colony that Everyone says, even ex ex uh, prisoners that were held there, they uh, pretty much expressed their disdain for that place. So, and then we have just a few days ago, December eighth, on a Tuesday. No, no, not a Tuesday, but a Thursday. Thursday early, we get the news that. Brittany Griner is being released from that Russian penal colony 
in a prisoner-for-prisoner -prisoner swap with the U.S. returning Victor Bout to Russia in exchange for Brittany Griner. The trade took place at United Arab Emirates, a country in the Middle East. So, uh, President Biden signed off on the deal and tweeted out the news that Brittany is safe and coming home. While at the White House with Vice President Kamala Harris and Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle, present at the Oval Office. So, uh, Brittany Griner's wife says, Today my family is whole. Now she's breathes a sigh of relief that Brittany Griner's coming home. And Brittany was flown to San Antonio to receive medical care and be reunited with her family. Um, so... So that is pretty much it in a nutshell. Of course, she's gonna. It's gonna be a long road to recovery for her. Um, seems like she's eager to talk from early reports that I hear, but of course that's gonna be a process. So I don't see anything happening within these. It's nothing, especially nothing uh, before the year is out. That's for sure. So. Uh, I don't see her sitting down talking with anybody at least until maybe a month or two into the new year, uh, if that. So, if it's at all possible. And then we have uh, Paul Whelan and the disappointment that he wasn't part of the swap. So, um, from for all intents and purposes, from what all the... the Info I got, uh, it was pretty much a one-for-one one or nothing at all. So, um, obviously, Paul Whelan is being, um, they're deeming what he did in a larger scale much worse. So, um, let's, let's peel back and see who this Paul Whelan is. He's a former Marine. A U.S. citizen. Um, I'm told he ha actually has uh, three passports. Uh, one for U.S., one for Ireland, and then a third one. Uh, I forget where. I want to say it's England. Anyhow, uh, he's a holder of three pa passports. Um, he's been held in Russia since 2018. He was arrested on espionage. Accused of spying or gathering information. Um, uh, his background, he joined the U.S. Marines Reserves in 1994. He was uh, part of the police for six years in Michigan prior to that. He worked as a IT project manager for Kelly Services in the early 2000s until he was deployed by the Marines for two tours, one in 2004 and the other in 2006. Two, and the two tours he did was for Iraq. Uh, he made his first visit to Russia while he was in the Marines. Uh, he made it all the way in the Marines up to Staff Sergeant, but he was discharged for bad conduct. In fact, he was given a punitive discharge. 
which is uh, a rung below a dishonorable discharge. So, for what that's worth. Um, how he got detained in Russia. Uh, he actually attended a wedding for a fellow Marine in 2018. And then... On December 28th, he was arrested by the Russian FSB state security. He was supposedly caught with a digital storage device, which contained a list of intelligence officers. Uh, Paul Whelan's family was told ahead of time that he wouldn't be part of that uh, prisoner release. So they knew prior to the president's announcement that... Brittany Griner's coming home. So uh, the family as a whole is happy for the Griner family um, that she was able to go home. Yet they're disappointed about uh, Paul still being detained there. And I believe um, Cheryl Griner, uh, Brittany's wife, also mentioned the fact that we need to still remember those that are detained over there and even name Paul Whelan in that discussion. So so with that said, so that's the news as far as Brittany Briner coming home. So so now for my assessment and um, my feelings towards it. First of all, I am glad I am very glad that Brittany Griner's coming home. Uh, the charges were, um, were, you know, uh, extreme. The charges were extreme um, for such a little bit of hash oil, which was for medicinal purposes. So uh, it wasn't a thing of recreation where she was getting high, getting doped up, so forth. So. Uh, for, but the bottom line is she got caught in the political game. That that's what happened. Um, should she have went over there even after the advice, the advisory for U.S. citizens not to go there? Probably so. But you know something. When you got a team on the other side there waiting for you, you just figured you know it's business as usual and make no mistake about this people this is not the first time she traveled with that hashish oil to russia let us not be naive she's traveled with this before and it was okay now that this this war of russia against the ukraine and um putin trying to you know get every advantage he could over there uh to work in his favor and she just happened to be a pawn in that game, so which is unfortunate. But nonetheless, I am glad she's home. And now for my uh, criticism now of those of the camp that of oh she you know she broke laws in another country. She deserved what she gets, or this one that. People are so upset that she's coming home and Paul Whelan is not. Um, people in this country, that is. This is an American story. Let me say that again. 
this is an American story. This is a story of an American detained in a country where she had to go in order to basically kind of make ends meet, so to speak, because the WNBA doesn't exactly pay all that great. So um, the fact that players have to do that, that's a story for another day. Um, we, could, we could talk about that another day as far as the WNBA's payment of their players. But this is an American story. American was detained wrongfully. We as a country should rally around any U.S. citizen held in a country for ill intent or ill purposes. We should all as a country rally around that person. No matter how egregious the charges may be, so forth. So for people to get up in their feelings and and uh you know cry against this is absurd to me and to the crowd that says oh she hates america she doesn't she doesn't like the national anthem she doesn't st stand for the anthem uh if you're watching this on youtube i'm gonna have the picture of her with her team standing for the anthem and this by the way is uh, in 2021, when they brought home the gold playing for Dawn Staley's uh, Olympic team. And she's the first player in their line of 12 players standing for the anthem. So, um, so with that said... Um, I know she made statements about the anthem being played at games and so forth. Let me say this. And let me bring a homely example into the mix. Your, your husband and wife. Your wife tells you you got um, like a cyst on your back. You can't see it, but the cyst is there. Um, and it needs to be removed because it could be cancerous or so forth. So, does your wife hate you because she told you she got a cyst, that you got a cyst on your back? No, she doesn't hate you. She's just pointing out a issue that you may not see. And I use this example to say that she was speaking out, same as Colin Kaepernick, the injustices that were taking place. And this was around the height of the George Floyd, um, um, the protests and so forth. So it was around that time. So, uh, so she was speaking out in that regard. So um, is it wrong to point out uh, systematic racism no it's it's a matter of you wanting your country to do better that's all that's the gist of it guys so it's not a matter of someone hating the country or so forth if if she was really 
one, to hate a country, she would have acted out in that Olympic by sitting down during the, uh, the, the ceremony where they played the anthem. She stood proudly for that flag. Oh, by the way, her father and she has relatives that are um, have military backgrounds. So, um, so again, to that crowd, you need to um, find a hill and get over it. She is an American citizen. Uh, I don't care what you say. Uh, you don't like the fact that she's black or LGBTQ. Um, yeah, okay. But she is an American citizen. And she deserves the support, the love and gratitude that any citizen of this country deserves when they're in a situation like that. So, um, so get over it, suck it up, and applaud the fact that a citizen, a U.S. citizen of our own is coming home from such an ordeal. So, so that's my feeling in that regard. So, again, we celebrate the fact that Brittany Griner is back on U.S. soil, getting the treatment she needs. She's going to need it, um, whether it be medical, whether it be psychological, anything else. She's going to need that because it wasn't even a month she was in that penal colony, uh, colony. And I could imagine what went on even prior to that in the other uh, prisons and so forth. So... Um, glad to have her back. In terms of basketball, hey, take your time. Uh, I heard she's already in the gym. She even uh, dunked it in the gym as of recently. But whenever you're ready to come to the court, that's fine. Um, take some time to take care of you and those, and be there for those that you love and are around you. And before you get back into your activities here, she was very, um, uh, she did a lot of charity work while she was here in the U.S. Um, get back to those whenever you can. I'm sure the charities are running as we speak, but um, whenever you're ready to make your present there, uh, you do so when you're able to do so. So, um, nonetheless, so. I think I'm going to cut it off there. I think I said more than enough in that regard. We walked through the timeline. We uh, talked about her now being uh, free and back on U.S. soil and how we should support a U.S. citizen, uh, American citizen, who has come home from wrongful detainment. So, all right, guys. So that's it for this 100th episode of the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. Again, the picture I'll have for this one is of her with her team, the way it should be, and her um, being presented the gold medal for representing this country, by the way, uh, in the Olympics, which she did proudly. So, all right, guys, that's it. 
I thank you for listening as always. And of course, take care and be safe. So my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So... Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe.